Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Hustle Show. Uh, today I have Lauren, and she is a lawyer, and uh, she just has like a lot of good small business insight into a world that, to be honest, most of us avoid. Um, nobody wants to do the legal stuff because it's confusing and it's crazy, and thankfully, she's the one that's the expert in that area, and so you don't have to be. And so, yeah, so I'd love to hear, just go ahead and introduce yourself and just talk a little bit about what you do and what, uh, what you help out with. Sounds great. So I, yes, I am a lawyer. I actually started in business school. So I have degrees in finance and entrepreneurship. And it wasn't until I was forced with the decision about graduating that I decided, I think I want to stick around in school a little bit longer. And I was actually really interested in law and how it related specifically to entrepreneurship. So that was really where I decided to kind of take a further step into the business world, but really from the legal lens. And it's been a great experience. Since then, I have worked as, in, as corporate counsel for a Fortune 100 company and really got my feet wet, got the negotiation experience, um, worked hand in hand with some of our international clients, and then realized I had zero roots in our community and I was just itching for some connection. Um, so I started my own firm two years ago. Awesome. So what was it about the law stuff that really caught your attention? So when I was in my entrepreneurship program, we had mock legal counsel. They were okay. third year law students and they were helping us deal with kind of all of the legal issues that would come up with these ideas, these concepts that we had. Mm. And they were assigned multiple teams. Um, needless to say, my team's idea did not launch. It was <laughs> not, it was not a viable uh, concept, but you, I started to kind of see insight into how that worked. And I like to say, to be quite honest, I'm probably always been a little bit nosy growing up. And this gave me the ability to have my hands in multiple projects, to experience kind of a, a wide range of, of businesses by having one. Right. And I, I really enjoyed that. It allowed me to represent and speak up on behalf of my clients and really learn kind of a just wide set of industries. So I loved it. I thought it was, you know, a really great approach and much better than using my finance degree yeah. into kind of staying connected with the business world, but having a specialty. See, if I was nosy, I would definitely want to know someone's finances instead, but that's just me. <laughs> I'll give you just a little hack. As a lawyer, you learn it all. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, yeah, I think I need to see your uh, P&L sheet for some reason. <laughs> I've, I've seen it all. So it's really, I mean, there's so many incredible businesses, um, yeah. you know, and we, we lump in the word small business. And sometimes I think that doesn't give any, everyone credit, enough yeah. credit for the impact that they're making and really the ability to scale. So mm -hmm. it's, it's been a fun process. I've, it's much, my law firm is be much better than corporate law, I have to say. Yeah. So that must have been a crazy transition to you. So talk a little bit about like what was like, just a, even like your experience with the actual clients themselves going from like these fortune 100s to now it's like so-and-so and they've got like three coffee shops. Like, well, like uh, that must be a, an intense transition. So talk us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely was. So I, one of my ma major clients when I was in corporate law was actually American airlines. Okay. Um, very different 
from, you know, some of my clients and the industries that they're in as far as scale. American yeah. Airlines never forgot to tell us that they were the biggest airline in the world when I was representing them. Um, but somehow I still seem to get like delayed flights when I was like negotiating with them. I still ended up <laughs> with delays. Um, so I didn't get any special treatment. That's for sure. Aww. But um, it was a great experience. I, I really enjoyed working with the larger clients, seeing how, like seeing the scope and to be quite honest at the heart of it, contracts, negotiations, they're all the same. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I really, I really don't think that the stakes are lower on a $50 million contract and someone's livelihood. It, yeah. it, it doesn't matter to be honest. It's more important to represent someone's livelihood than it is to represent the interests of these kind of $500 million contracts. Because at the end of the day, the loss of a few million here or there is expected. And that kind of nonchalance was something that bothered me that, yes, we took it very seriously, but at the end of the day, you know, what impact was that going to have? Um, as growing up with entrepreneurial parents, I know that if something's going wrong in your own business, you lose sleep at night. Yeah. You lose the ability to possibly put food at the table, make your mortgage. That's the type of stakes that we're dealing with. And it makes it that much more interesting um, because you build a, a, a personal relationship with your clients and you want to do everything you can to have them succeed. So, yeah, that's definitely true. I think, yeah, it's that those effects are just so much more immediate. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and, and, you know, something like an American airlines is, it's not even just the fact they, they just have like so many assets too. You know what I mean? It's like, they can literally sell a plane and like pay, you know, how many people's like year salaries, not that that that's what they do, but, um, they have so much more to like hedge, uh, mm -hmm. risk and stuff like that compared to small business owner. It's like, even if they're making great money, it's still like sometimes yeah. really close. Um, and when we were looking, you know, when you look at the lens from corporate, we're, we're forecasting out 10 and 12 years. Mm. Sometimes what we're dealing with with a client is like immediate, like it will yeah. affect them tomorrow. And we were talking like a 12 year revenue project. It looks, it just looks so different. And I mean, I would be interested to see what, how that's shaking out right now. Yeah. You know, I feel for them and you know, at the end of the day, yes, they feed other people's livelihoods. It's just, like you said, the results are less immediate. Yeah. In that case, um, there was definitely always pressure to make sure we were meeting our numbers. Um, but yeah, this is so much better. I, I, have, I feel like I've really grown roots in my community and that's really what's fulfilling. Less of the driving to work to hop on Skype calls and I could pass someone in the grocery store and would never know the difference. Right, totally. So um... We'll, we'll get back to your story, but that this kind of is, I feel like is a good launching point to talk about like the, the podcast and everything, because I know for us, one of the reasons we did the podcast was to be able to build that community, to be able to um, just make those connections. Like, cause I come from uh, the wedding world when it comes to video. And I know that like when I showed up to like a venue, especially if I shot there before and there's like that camaraderie and stuff like that, it's just like such a different experience. And especially as like, each of those vendors just like go home to their house. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just like how we are now. Like we're just like at our home office. Like we don't have like our buddy pal next to us to like go grab lunch with, and you know, unless we like call someone up. Uh, and so we really have to build that community for ourselves uh, intentionally. And so that's a lot of reasons why we started the podcast. We had to reach out and the reason we have this conversation today. 
And so you've done kind of something similar to that that really plays into the values that you just mentioned right now as far as building those roots. So tell me a little bit about like how you ended up starting the podcast, what it's kind of like meant so far, because it's new. Um, and so that's, that's, that's pretty exciting. So tell me a little bit about that. So my quarantine project was the decision to launch a podcast. Um, and it's, it really was a, a way to build connections. I want to make legal concepts approachable. So they're 15 minute episodes. You should be able to listen to a bite-sized episode while you're driving to go run an errand and kind of get an, an overview. It's not meant to be this like in-depth conversation where I'm going to bore you to tears. It's meant to give you red flags. It's, meant to, it's, it's meant to give you kind of bite-sized tips so that you can implement them into your business. And the reason I did that is I get the same questions often, like, yeah. and no question is a silly question because I guarantee I've been asked the same thing five times. And so I wanted to be able to speak to those concepts in a way beyond the Instagram caption move beyond that. And I, I thought by having people hear my voice, you know, speak on concepts that could be a little bit more fluid and responsive to the things that are coming up, that they would feel like legal wasn't as scary. It was something that they could implement into their business and use to protect themselves. Right. Well, I think that's super smart. Cause like I'd even, uh, one of the podcasts I've been on, um, we were talking having a discussion about like video and why that matters and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, the idea is that, that, that people are doing so much research ahead of time um, that you that for you to actually be able to give them a chance to like get to know you a little bit and like get a feel for you and see if they like you or if you're cool or nice or kind or rude you know what I mean like they actually get a chance to find that out which I think is huge so that's so cool that you're doing that because and you're right like you're not preparing them for the bar exam <laughs> you're just like making sure they don't accidentally take their business you know what I mean which is super important, but at the same time, it's kind of scary. So, yeah. um, so that's super exciting. So are you going to do like uh, guests or is it going to be mostly you or how are you going to end up structuring it? So we are going to do a solo episode for every other episode and then bring on a guest. Um, the guests will, honestly, they're people that have poured into my own business. Mm. So they're going to highlight topics that I find important as an entrepreneur. I didn't yeah. want everything to be solely legal because you know, we're all well-rounded and, you know, I do have a finance degree and entrepreneurship degree and I'm wearing all the hats. Like yeah. I am in it just as much as my clients are in it dealing with the QuickBooks issues or whatever it might be. So I wanted to kind of give some color to what I'm experiencing as an entrepreneur as well. So through guests and some of the solo episodes, we will branch away from completely legal topics and kind of cover the full look. I, I think legal does kind of sneak in there a little bit because I look at a lot of things with that mind. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I can talk about systems and naturally you'll see a conversation about contracts and where to implement them in your systems. So it, right. it's kind of that I want people to see it as a wider process, not only like this one box that they check. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like integrated with like literally everything. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just part of the DNA of having a business, which is, it's like, I remember, man, years ago when I was like first starting to do like wedding stuff, I was like, man, if I knew like all the other stuff you had to do to like have a business, I probably wouldn't have done it. Like, but now I'm in it too deep. I just got to keep going. So it's like, you're sitting there like coding a website because this was like way before Squarespace. And so you just like were miserably working through like WordPress on your own with no HTML knowledge. And I'm like, I can't believe, believe I'm doing this right now. I've spent like six hours trying to move a header a little bit down. I'm just like, screw this. 
So yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot to running a business as you well know. And, uh, certainly there's a lot connected with the legal aspect. Um, so yeah, so, so anyway, so let's jump back into your story. So you, you started up your own business, you've transitioned to these different small business clients. Uh, what kind of things have you, have you seen as you've started, you know, growing and working with those clients? What's been some like commonalities that you've seen with people? Well, right now I have to say one of the biggest pieces is people are very price sensitive right now. Mm -hmm. So I think we're seeing that come up in multiple ways. Not only just like, are they buying, but are they're more vocal if they're unhappy. They may not actually be unhappy, but they find reasons to be unhappy. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that and it's unfortunate, but I will say, you know, making sure that people have, and you know, you reference the wedding industry and yeah. I'm also a COVID bride, I will say, yeah. um, it's, you know, cancellation policies and having people reevaluate their payment terms. That is so universal across industries that we kind of get into this kind of like rut where we're okay with how we, how we're doing things, but we get burned and we don't, we're not willing to maybe think of our business as kind of like the living, breathing, you know, mm. entity that it is and willing to make some changes. And so I think, you know, really empowering a lot of my clients to think about what's best for them and what yeah. works with their process is a universal problem. Totally. I mean, it's uh, certainly I've, I've heard stories as well of people's cancellation policies and they're just like not willing to give money back. And it's just like, you know, is, is holding on to a thousand dollars like worth having your reputation trashed for something that literally no one can help. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me, but you know, and of course it's written in the contract, but like you said, it's a living, breathing thing. And I think as a small business owner, I would hope that most people are, looking at it like, like I can do whatever I want. Like I can like shut down my business tomorrow. I can charge a million dollars an hour. Like I can do whatever I want. doesn't mean I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like people are writing their own, con you know, the, you know, they're having you help them write their own contracts. They can change them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they can decide, Oh, you know, I'm a small business owner. So I'm going to give back the money and it's not a big deal because I'm allowed to do that because that's what's best for everyone. Yeah. Um, I, I really do think that I, what I like to remind people is, in the worst case scenario, what do you want to happen? That's what you need to put in your contract. Like the, the hardest line you want to be able to draw, but that, like you said, you have the decision at the end of the day to be more flexible when the situation warrants it. Yeah. So there might be times where you say, I know that I have the rights to do this, but this isn't how I feel. And I like to remind people that, you know, you have to weigh all those trade-offs, right? I mean, I've had some wedding clients that had some really unfortunate reviews with all of this. They, they already had bent over backwards. They did more, they gave back more than they were supposed to, but they had done a lot of pre-work yeah. and they did a ton for these clients and really tried to be the better person and people just got nitpicky. And there also comes a point where you have to, you have to advocate for yourself yeah, and, totally. and be willing to take on the bad review. I will say you can challenge bad reviews and they don't always stick around. So not letting, you know, also not letting people hold you hostage. Is that poor? It's like this, it's this very delicate balance. And, you know, as a, as a COVID bride, I, I will be honest, I am a lawyer and a bride and I did not read my contracts for a pandemic. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's not something I read them for. Um, I read the risk as like, okay, what if we, you know, we realize we hate each other and something comes up and we don't get married. Yeah. That was the risk I was taking on. Like, what yeah. is the risk if this wedding doesn't happen? I was willing to accept that risk because I thought that the, you know, the likelihood was low. So I was fine with all the contracts yeah. I signed. I did not realize what was, you know, what was in there um, in the event of a pandemic. And to be honest, I got so lucky because my vendors have been fantastic. Everyone's showing up as human beings That's and awesome. we haven't really been referring to the contract. But at the end of the day, I also think I understand them as small business owners that they have revenue that they want to count on. Yeah. And, you know, I always try to remind people of that. Like we have to look at the other, you know, see where the other person is coming from. Like, how is that going to affect their business? And try to find really something collaborative. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause absolutely. Cause I mean, like as, I mean, I don't, I don't do weddings as much anymore. Certainly not right now, but um, like that, that, that like 50% down payment is like how I pay for insurance and my website and everything else like that. It doesn't like just sit somewhere just waiting for the wedding to happen. It goes to work immediately. So it's like some people don't even have that money to give back. <laughs> yeah. I've, and I've seen that with, with some of this that's come up. I happened to have, this was like literally not be, this is before my wedding. I had a lot of wedding based clients. Mm. What I like to tell people too, when you're thinking about your cancellation, not only do you think about it from like, like I said, the hard line, like what's the you know worst case scenario? What is the, what, what protections do you need? You can always be more flexible, but like have the stronger position in writing. Right. I also like to remind them you have to write it with, you know, knowing that each person is each client is going to behave differently. So whereas I might just push through with my wedding date, someone else may move their wedding date and someone else may cancel altogether because maybe they realize they can't be in quarantine together. And that, you know, maybe gave them some flaws. Yeah. We never know. Right. Totally. So you have to write it for, if you want people to, to, really like move their date. If that's the flexibility you want to give, you have to write that with in, in mind because if someone just cancels, that's going to affect your income differently than someone who is just going to reschedule and postpone the other half. Yep. So keeping all of that in mind. And, you know, I think this is demonstrated, unfortunately, I wish this wasn't the case, why people need to maybe strengthen their contracts a little bit and, you know, go back through and, and maybe give everything a little bit of a refresh. Totally. Absolutely. Well, like, you know, like we talked about earlier before we hit record, it's like no one would have guessed this would have happened. Um, certainly there's no way of predicting it, just like most any tragedies. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, just trying to be as prepared as possible for the inevitable surprise um, is always a good idea. <laughs> um, so, so outside of like COVID, what were some other things that like you saw just come up over and over again with um, or just commonly come up with clients as far as like common missteps from small business owners pre-COVID? Pre-COVID. Um, I would say, number one, if you have a business partner, not getting something in writing as to what we call your operating agreement, how the mm -hmm. partnership is going to work. What's going to happen if the person wants to leave? Um, who gets to make the final decisions? What do voting rights look like? Who gets, gets what? Um, contemplating not only profit, but also loss. Mm. And that's a common thing. We get into a, a relationship with our friends and we go, this is great. We have this amazing idea and we're developing the website before we're really thinking about some of the foundational elements. And I like to remind people that those are going to protect the relationship at the end of the day. 
that mm-hmm. if you if you really value the relationship, something like that is is really important. So that's a common thing I see. Or I see people saying, you know, I'm just not I'm not a business yet. So I don't need my LLC. I don't need the next step. And I like to tell people that the IRS gives you five years to make a profit. You need to give yourself the same benefit of the doubt. And really, if you're going to start operating as a business, form an LLC. We're so lucky in Arizona, it's $50 one time fee to get an LLC. And that gives you a separate entity to run all of your business through. You can go get an EIN. It just creates this totally separate entity and protects your personal assets for $50. It's it's crazy cheap. A step you can't skip. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy cheap. And it's just like, you're, you're, you're kind of crazy not to, you know what I mean? Like for 50 bucks, you know, I probably can't even buy an hour of your time for $50. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, it's not, you know, not that inexpensive in other states. So if yeah. you have listeners in Texas and California, I mean, it's different everywhere. So they yeah. can check with their secretary of state or corporation commission to see what it looks like. But it's, it's a step that's worth it. Because I will say it's like you're, it's like getting into an accident with your car. No mistake ever costs you $50. You know, it's, there's no scratch in the world that they would charge you 50 bucks to get out. It's that same thing with legal. Usually when something goes wrong, it goes wrong and makes, it makes a pretty good dent. So that's pretty fair. (laughs) Um, Cool. So, um, so let's see here. So as far as like, cause like we always want to talk a little bit about like building the business, the actual act of you growing. Um, What have been some things that you've done you know, since when did you launch, by the way, when did you officially do your own thing? I officially launched my own business, um, September of 2018. Okay. So it's been a little mm-hmm. while. So, yeah. um, so since then, what, what different things have you tried? What things have kind of worked out as far as your marketing, as far as like, um, you know, has for you, has it been networking? Has it been going to things? Has it been advertising? Like what kind of marketing have you done and what's kind of worked out for you? Oh gosh, you're going to hate me. So <laughs> I, I remember when I built my, so I built my first website and I can attest to the struggles. I then did get smart and have someone that professionally knew what they were doing kind of really kind of refresh it. Right. Um, but they were telling me you need to do SEO. You should start a blog. You should. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I don't need SEO. SEO is not important to me. Right. Um, and you know what, to be honest, it probably was wasn't important to my law firm. It's now something that with the podcast and the products, you know, the, my legally aligned website launching that I'm thinking about. So I feel like I was very delayed on that journey, recognizing the value of SEO and some of that marketing, but I really did lean into social media. And that was something that, you know, is untraditional for law firms to lean into. Right. And I really tried to make it relationship based and I tried to show up to networking and I picked networking communities that I resonated with. I didn't go to all the things. I went to the things that felt like a good fit for me mm-hmm. and I kept showing up. I didn't go once and just pepper myself out and hand out business cards. I went with the mindset of building relationships and that from a marketing perspective and a referrals perspective really made a huge impact on my business because my law firm, it is just me and it doesn't take very much time to fill up my week. So the amount of business I need because I'm not supporting a team looks very different. 
Um, I think I would have had a different mindset if my goal was to onboard a team underneath me. But I think I always knew that I would open some other type of business that could have some kind of growth scalability factor beyond my time. And it wasn't going to be related to my firm. Right. Well, and I think too, I think one thing that makes uh, you unique because of the fact that you're the business owner and the person posting online is, I mean, you know, I have not personally worked for a lawyer. um, But I know that when I go on like the Facebook groups and they talk about it, like there's all these hoops, they've got to like double check and have this person approved and have this person approved because they can't like say this or they say that and like, then they become legally responsible for something. And it's just like, um, uh, it's a little tricky and there's a different expectation for you than there is even for me. Um, you know, so you know, if I say something and they're like, Oh, like, well, you said this, I'd be like, ah, I didn't mean that. Like, but when you're a lawyer, you kind of have to like, you can't make that excuse. I don't feel. Um, it's, it's, t- it's totally true. And that's where I like to remind people, every business should have disclaimers. Yeah. Um, so I did just record one for the podcast when I have a legal episode run, when I'm talking mm. more legal facts, it'll have a lovely disclaimer right in the front end. But at the end, right. you know, at the end of the day, I'm asking my clients to model good behavior. I've got to do the same. Totally. So, um, you know, it's, we're learning. The industry as a whole is learning to become more flexible and more responsive to entrepreneurs. Um, we're just making sure that no one has the misconception that I'm not their attorney. I'm attorney, an attorney, but I'm not your attorney unless right. you hire me. So a, a passing remark on a social media or on a podcast isn't something that necessarily is going to fit the situation of that particular business. And so that was something that I was scared. I think I found, it took me a while to find my voice on social Mm -hmm. media where I felt comfortable showing up as myself. What was, what was the professional version of me, but what was the like life version of me that I felt comfortable putting out there into the world? Um, outside of my business page. Like I'm not the person, I don't take selfies. I don't, that wasn't me. But when you're an entrepreneur, we all know that you're willing to to become a different version of yourself to support your business and to serve your clients. So yeah, be the authoritative version, but not the like, I'm giving you actual legal advice right now version. (laughs) Yes. And I've definitely seen some selfies on your, your uh, business page, but you know, what can I say? Yeah. People got to know who you are. Yeah. You got to learn. I mean, so I learned that I'm also, my fiance is not willing to take photos of me and I am terrible at it. Um, so hire someone that knows what they're doing. So thank shout out to Carly Colleen for her amazing help. She tells me where to put my hands, (laughs) (laughs) which is surprisingly difficult to do actually. Uh, no, that's super cool. No, your stuff is super polished. And so, uh, good for you for having that well done. Uh, certainly there are so many poor husbands and fiancés who get uh, sucked in. I feel bad. I'm like all the Instagram model, like boyfriends. And it's like, do you just, you must just hate your life. Um, <laughs> just posting, you know, like you're the one taking pictures of your girlfriend in a bathing suit that other guys are looking at. Like <laughs> yeah. that doesn't sound good, like a good time to me. Mm-mm. So um, <laughs> that's just my personal preference. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's super cool that you're doing that. Um, Certainly, you know, let me ask you this mm-hmm. people like, cause it's like an age old question, like authenticity versus professionalism and all this other stuff. You have a very polished look to a lot of what you do, like very polished. Um, and, um, is that because 
like you feel like you have to because you're a lawyer is that just how you felt like it presented you well because then there's other people that are like oh like I don't need to do that like I just need to talk to my phone and like have it out there in front of me and like that's like authentic and it's just like well sometimes it does feel more authentic but at the same time like you also want people to take you seriously so like where had, did you is that something you consciously thought about is that something that like just kind of happened like walk us through that your presence online yeah I think I'm just, to be honest, I'm, I'm a really boring, intentional person to begin with. Um, so that shows through in my uh, social media. No, I, I am, I've always been careful, even when I had like a private page, I just wasn't someone who didn't post without some kind of intention, um, without thinking about how people might feel or how people might think about it. Um, I've just always been really cognizant of that. Um, wanting it to be a welcoming atmosphere where people trust me, I think comes with having some polished piece to it, but then also showing up on stories and getting comfortable with taking a selfie. I mean, I've literally never had so many photos of myself, um, until I started my Instagram page because that, you know, I, I was never that person, but for me, it was about showing up for my business, putting a face behind the business and serving my clients and community and making legal feel approachable. Right. And there's all of, you know, I, I did a lot of research and it was people respond better to photos. So we really focus on photos and shareable content so that we can focus on serving and educating. And I try to make it we've recently converted away from necessarily a law firm page to more of a personal page Mm. so that it can be a little bit more authentically me. I'm I'm getting more and more comfortable every day showing up. Um, but also so that it can be kind of an umbrella for all of my interests. I didn't want to only be showing up under like the law firm umbrella because I want my business to grow. I want to be able to grow what I'm involved in and what I can speak on. So I made that kind of intentional shift. And, you know, that was part of launching the podcast and launching our new website that comes in August. Um, So I think it's going to be a week from when this will air. We're going to launch a blog and a podcast. It's going to have all of our show notes on there. And we're also going to have contract templates and wanting to be able to speak to those and really branch away from both of my businesses and make it clear like where, what hat I'm wearing when Mm. um, was something that we had to kind of get a little intentional on. Yeah, totally. Well, and the the thing that I've talked with a couple of people about is like, you you spend most of like your at least your adolescent life like trying to fit in and like not stand out too much unless you're like that kind of person which I definitely wasn't um and then you become an entrepreneur and it's like you got to be like hey look over here like I'm awesome and like you know you got to be like your own best cheerleader and it's like that's literally like not how you ever want to be for most of your life Um, and it sounds like that kind of was like a little bit of a struggle for you too. It's like, you're like Mm -hmm. anti-selfie and then now it's like people have to see you and get comfortable with you and like get acquainted with you. And so now you're taking a bunch of selfies. Like, was that weird? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was so odd. And like, I still get embarrassed even like around my fiance, I'll be like, I need to record a story to talk about something. Like it's like on my mind and I'll be like, go in the other room, like out of here. Like, I don't, (laughs) don't, I don't want you hearing what me me talk to myself, but I'm getting better. Like I'm getting better listening to myself speak on my podcast I'm getting better showing up on stories. I think quarantine has been excellent for everyone to show up authentically. I don't wear makeup anymore. Like I don't worry too much. I mean, the filters are super helpful. Um, but I just kind of set some boundaries, um, that felt healthy for me. 
And then I focused on when I did want to show up, trying to do so, you know, with a, with a little more, a little more personally and just starting to get comfortable. And I kind of made goals for myself. Okay. I'm going to have five stories a day during the week. That's like my thing. I don't care what the content is, but I'm going to show up. And then you start to, that becomes a habit and you start to be a little bit more comfortable. So yeah, it's, it's a process. I was, I was really, you know, raised to like not make a wave, to not be boastful, to not be that way. And so it was different. It's like, you feel like the person on the side, on like the corner of the street, like flipping the sign, like look yeah. at my business, look what I'm doing. So it's, it's, it's definitely weird, but I will say, you know, if it serves and it makes an impact to one person, it's worth it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the art of the humble brag where it's like, you know, cause like you're doing something you care about. You, you do it as best you can. Eventually you get to the point where like you look around and you're like, okay, like I'm actually doing this pretty well. Like I, you know, I, you know, I shouldn't be like ashamed of the work that I'm making. Um, and then you're like, okay, like, but then I have to like say that out loud to other people and then like not look like a douche or something. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like my work's really great. You know, you're over there patting yourself on the back, but that's exactly kind of what you're doing as a business owner where you're like, like, Hey, you should, you should pick me. Like I should actually be your choice because I'm going to do a great job for you. And it's like, people want that confidence from the yeah. people that they're hiring, you know, they're spending good money on someone like you, they're spending good on money on someone like me. Like they're not just going to pick like anybody who holds a camera or, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be someone that can actually like believe they do a good job. And it's, that's a weird transition. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, like he's always walking around, like he does like all these like vlogs. He's walking around in New York city, like talking to people with like a whole camera crew following him around. I'm like, like thinking about having that much attention like literally like makes me queasy inside of like everyone like who's that who do, who does that guy think he is you know what i mean like <laughs> like have you have you done like a story in a public place yet um i think i have i think i'm i'm probably a little more subtle um okay yeah i think i probably have um I, you know, it's just hard. I will yeah. say like, you know what we have to, we also just have to release ourselves from thinking anyone cares. No one really right. cares what we're doing. And if they it resonates with them, however, we're showing up, they're not going to care. Yeah. They're going to be happy. We're showing up in that way that resonates with them as authentic. And as, I never do things. My, my filter is always, what am I willing to do consistently? If I'm not willing to do it consistently, I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to start. So yeah. like, for example, webinars, I, that's like supposedly the best, that's, that's the funnel, right? That's the funnel to sell yeah. some kind of product digital or otherwise. And that's like a really good way to launch these things. I, I'm not going to do it. That's not my thing. I'm not going to show up authentically. I'm not going to show up consistently. So I'm not going to do it. Um, so I would just tell people, do what resonates with you because your audience who's meant to resonate with you will resonate with whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but you have to get yourself out of your comfort zone. Like, unfortunately, you know, no one's going to resonate with you if you never post anything. So you have to pick something and stick with it. It's just like how I approach networking. I pick a group of people that I believe in and that I enjoy being around. And then I keep showing up so that they know where they can find me. Totally. So as far as like, what's like, what's next for you? Like, are you planning on growing a team? Are you going to keep it you and just like try to make that as awesome as possible? Like what's kind of future you look like? Let's see. Um, hopefully married this fall. Right. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, to be honest, 
I, we were both, my, both myself and my fiance were raised by entrepreneurial parents. So for me, that's the family aspect and that balance is probably my number one driver. Um, it, that's just always probably going to be how it is. So for me, I'm looking at ways to be more efficient with my time and, and to be, make it scalable. So with my firm, I, I do see scaling into, um, I'm getting really close to not accepting new clients. Um, I, you know, I have a few amazing attorneys that I refer out to for things when it's better, more in their specialty, but looking at leaning into that more, I, I want to focus on legally aligned, which is the podcast and my product website, because I really do think that that's an approachable way for people to get what they need in their business. So that's something I want to be putting some effort into. And I want to give myself room I'm, you know, just like the rest of us, I'm like a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I want to give myself room to kind of create and imagine, you know, what else might be available, you know, not assume that this is the only thing I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And, and, you know, really look at scaling my, my weeks so that we can grow a family and I can be around. I mean, my fiance does not have that flexibility to like, you know, be at home and, you know, and make money. So I need to kind of be inventive with how I want that to look. And, you know, I'm very lucky. He's very flexible. We've always approached this business together um, and looked at this as a way for us to craft the family that we want. And so, you know, it'll just be kind of, I think him and I will play it, play it by ear, but I'm committed to really supporting some of my foundational clients and um, growing kind of my online presence and resources through Legally Aligned. Right. Now that, that's super awesome. And that's neat that you have those like personal goals that are really driving your business goals. Because uh, like, so, I think sometimes, um, you know, people will get successful and it actually, it was, it's actually a worse thing for them because then they end up getting like, um, they end up growing something that ends up controlling them and um, r- runs their life when the whole purpose of having their own business was that they run their life, but then it doesn't, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's really unfortunate. Um, that's so it's ex- really cool. To, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, sorry. Um, that's exactly what I, the goal is to not let this get ahead of me and to not fall to other people's version or definition of success. Yeah. Um, for some people it might've been rolling a firm for me. That wasn't the case. Um, I'm, I have a, uh, an intern, I don't know. She does all the things. It's like hard to say, call her an intern to be honest. Um, but I want to bring on my first full-time employee next year and, and scale that way, but really more, like I said, in the legally aligned space and really focus on like the strong relationships with, with a few select clients. So I'm excited. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So uh, since you brought it up, um, cause I forgot to bring it up earlier, you, you mentioned a couple products and certainly uh, like we mentioned before, uh, before we hit record, you know, it's like everyone's, especially in the service industry, uh, what does it look like to sell products, um, especially those like more entry level products when people are really, you know, counting the pennies that they're putting out there in the world. Um, uh, what made you end up deciding to launch into doing products in general? Um, you know, how, how is that going to work out for your business? What, what's kind of your plan with that? I wanted to give more in-depth support um, and make legal approachable. I kind of contemplated workshops, online courses, what would be the best way to do it. And when I really started thinking about putting myself in my customer's shoes and thinking about what they needed, they needed something that was unbundled, that was kind of, they could grab what they needed 
and, and keep moving and do it quickly. And so very quickly I decided, you know what, I think it's probably going to be contract templates. Um, I had really, this isn't bed something that was on my radar for a while, but I was apprehensive to do because I didn't want to do it until I could do it very well. I want people to have something that is customizable to their business, but something that they can rely on that gives them enough meat and protection. And I also wanted something that I, as part of any purchase, they get a video tutorial that gives them some information on how they can go ahead and fill it out. It gives them an implementation guide on my tips and tricks on like how they can implement it into their business. And then they know that if that contract that they've purchased, that template is ever updated, that they're going to get an email in their inbox and the new version is going to be made available to them for free. Because I never want someone to feel like they are out of date. I want to be that person tapping them on the shoulder, telling them it's time to update, things have changed. So until I was ready to do it at that level, I didn't want to put it out there into the world. Um, And I feel like I've got an amazing team behind me now that made it possible and we are able to put out, we're starting with 18 products and we have a suggestion box on the website um, that people can say like, this is what I'm needing. I'm still not finding this resource. And right. so we want to really be responsive to what people need in their business. We think we have a good base, foundational base for online courses, podcast guests, um, coaches, any like non-disclosures. We, we have a full list of, of products, but I want it to be flexible and grow over time. So it was a big, it was a big leap to go from pricing yourself in a service industry, having client management software, having a process in that to really like the development had of, of developing a product. But I really do think not only diversifying, but having products really allow you to scale outside of your time and make a larger impact. And I've talked with, several people, sometimes the fear of digital products is that you can't protect them. We can do our best, um, but making sure that you can, you also feel like you're able to deliver the level of service that you're used to delivering on a one-on-one basis, being able to convert that to a product can be hard sometimes, Yeah, absolutely. but it's been a fun experience. Well, and like realistically, um, depending on your process and the product, sometimes that's what people are, I would say, that's what they're giving up when they don't budget for those higher end things is that like personal touch, that personal interaction, um, the personalization of something. Um, and that's certainly like the same thing that we're like thinking about too, as we like launch products where it's like, okay, um, if someone, uh, can't afford to hire us as a team, well then they're going to have to do it themselves, but we can still give them like, uh, knowledge on how to do it themselves well. Um, and so the same thing, I mean, like, I know I've certainly uh, have, you know, been on the fence of like, do I hire a lawyer to write me a contract or do I take the risk and like try to find one online that's like pretty close and will protect me as best I can. And so at that point, it's like, at least you have a chance to offer them something like that, which keeps them, uh, you know, keeps, hopefully you're doing some sort of email thing where you can stay in touch with them and like continue to bring that value to them, which I think is awesome because as, as much as it makes financial sense, to stay in touch with all these new potential customers and you're, you're able to actually help them. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is so awesome because otherwise, yeah, you know, and they're going to go somewhere we, else. And you, if you know you can do, you can serve them well, then that's awesome. Yeah. And we all start somewhere, you know, we all start somewhere. Maybe that contract is exactly what they need. And as long as they keep it up to date, that they'll be, they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, so 
you can only hope for the best and, and try to serve at that level. And that's why we, we took one step further and did the video tutorials, did the implementation guides. So I just, the last thing I wanted was it to be like a little like zip file or like little peep, you know, word document that dropped to the bottom bar. I wanted it to feel like a process and it yeah. felt like they, there was some kind of level of continued support from our team. That's awesome. Cause people need so, that. People need yeah. that. That's what, that's what good service is all about. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm super excited for you. Uh, it's certainly going to be really cool to see the podcast launch and uh, see the blog. And certainly those things, if, if you've never done it before, that is a mountain of work. Uh, and so I know that you've been probably slaving away daily on that. And so good for you for doing that because uh, that's no joke. And, uh, and it's super great value. So um, I think every, for everyone who's listening, certainly check it out. Um, uh, if you're listening to this, you know, fairly soon, uh, August 10th, the 16th, you're going to do a little, uh, little discount giveaway. And so, um, going to give us out some, some great prices for that. So that's super exciting. And for those of you listening after the 16th, um, definitely check it out. Um, legal stuff is definitely something you don't want to get caught, um, lacking in. Um, cause, uh, like you said, most mistakes cost more than $50. So, <laughs> so it's worth it. It's worth it. You're going to keep yourself out of a lot of trouble. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, and just sharing, you know, your heart on your journey. And it's also just the little tips along the way. Um, certainly super helpful for any small business owner listening to be able to just know like, Hey, you know what? It's okay to try some things, experiment with some things, do a little pivoting action. You know what I mean? So that way you're continuing to bring value and and make money. So yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. And um, I, I really think that people kind of investing in themselves and connecting here is a great resource.